وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم أما بعد We have a narration on the authority of Abi Hurairah رضي الله عنه قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تركت فيكم شيئين لن تضلوا بعدهما كتاب الله والسنة ولن يتفرق حتى يرد علي الحود أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه he mentioned that the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم he stated I left amongst you two things you will never go astray after them. I left amongst you two things. You will never go astray after them. The book of Allah and my sunnah. And they will never separate from one another. This statement of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam establishes that the guidance of the Muslim is found in the Quran and in the life example of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And as long as the Muslim holds on and adheres to the Quran and he patterns himself after the example of the Prophet Muhammad this individual will never go astray off the path. But if the individual abandons the Quran or he abandons the Sunnah this is when the person subjects himself to going astray. Because if he doesn't have that which Allah has put the guidance in, then he's going to be astray. Because there is no guidance for the Muslim and other then these two matters that the Prophet Wasallam said he left for us. So when the Prophet Wasallam says he left amongst us two things, meaning two things for us to follow him, two things for us to believe in, two things for us to adhere to, two things for us to base our lives upon. And you will never go astray after them. Meaning if you follow them. And the Prophet used the word never. Because when a person is holding on 
to the Quran and holding on to the Sunnah, this individual will never go astray by the permission of Allah. Because the individual is following the revelation. But what's important here is that the Prophet mentions his Sunnah along with the Quran. And it shows that it is not allowed for a person to say or to believe that he is not in need of the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad and following the Quran is sufficient. This statement is a statement of misguidance. The statement is the statement of misguidance. Because the Prophet said he left two things. But you have people who say all we have to do is follow the Quran. We don't have to follow the hadith or the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad This is a mistake. The Prophet, he said he left two things amongst us. If we hold on to them, we will never go astray. Not one, but two matters. The Quran and his, his example, meaning how he practiced Islam. Because Allah Azawajal sent him as the example for mankind as Allah Azawajal he states in the Quran لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرُجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ Indeed you have in the Messenger of Allah a beautiful example this is Allah saying this in the Quran you have in the Messenger of Allah a beautiful example for the one who has hope with meeting Allah and he has hope in the last day. So the one who believes in Allah and has hope with meeting meeting Allah on the last day, for this person, the Prophet Muhammad is an example for him. He follows him. But those who do not follow the example of the Prophet Muhammad in all affairs, either this person is a disbeliever or you find that the individual is a weak Muslim and he is deficient in his following of the Prophet Muhammad and he has with him deviance in his affairs. So the Quran and the Sunnah will never separate, both a revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look what Allah Azza wa Jal he mentions in the Quran showing that we must return back to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in our affairs. Allah he states, Fala wa rabbik la yu'minuna hatta yuhakkimuka fi ma shajara baynahum thumma la yajidu fi anfusihim harajan mimma qadayt wa yusallimu taslima Allah, he says, no, by your Lord, they do not believe until they make you, you here, meaning you, O Muhammad, until they make you the judge in that which they dispute in amongst themselves. And then they do not find within themselves any aversion towards that which you have judged with and they submit with full submission. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negates faith 
from the one who does not make the Prophet Muhammad the judge in the affairs when there are disputes and the person uh, if he has any type of aversion in his heart towards the judgment of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, Allah negated Iman from him and if the person does not submit with full submission Allah has negated Iman from this person the negation of Iman it can be the negation of a person's faith in its entirety or the negation of the completeness of faith depending on the individual if an individual refuses to follow the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and take it as judgment in the affairs because he believes there is a way better than the way of Prophet Muhammad وسلم, then the person is not a believer because we must believe in Islam that the guidance of Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is the best guidance as the Prophet himself وسلم, he said as to what follows indeed the most truthful speech is the book of Allah and the Quran that's the most truthful speech Allah's speech there's no speech more truthful than Allah's word the Quran and here's the point and the best guidance is the Prophet Muhammad and he's not a liar and the best guidance is the guidance of Muhammad So now if there's someone who says or believes that there is guidance better than the guidance of Prophet Muhammad when he himself said his guidance is the best guidance then this individual his faith is null and void because it's belying it's as if the person is saying the Prophet Muhammad lied his guidance is not the best guidance, rather so-and-so's guidance is better than Prophet Muhammad's guidance. That's basically declaring Prophet Muhammad to be a liar. And we know that the Prophet Muhammad he doesn't lie. As he told one of his companions, write whatever you wish from me. For nothing comes off of this tongue except for the truth. The Prophet was not a liar. And he only spoke the truth. So these three matters have to be intact. Number one, returning back to the Prophet Muhammad for judgment. In his lifetime, it means to go to him directly if one has the ability. If me and you are in a dispute, Prophet Muhammad is alive, we both go to Prophet Muhammad for judgment. He gives his judgment. There's nothing in our hearts against what he judged because the Prophet Muhammad judges based upon the truth. And we submit. When we do these three things, this is an indication of the strength of the person's faith. After his death, how do we implement this verse? Returning to his sunnah that which he left behind of his teachings his speech his actions his approvals so it's not for the individual to oppose the sunnah of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam we have a narration in the authority 
or on the authority of Salama ibn al-Aqwa' in the Sahih of Imam Muslim أن رجلا أكل عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بشماله فقال قل بيمينك قال لا أستطيع قال استطعت ما منعه إلا الكبر قال فما رفعها إلى في Imam Muslim he brings in the Sahih on the authority of Salama ibn al-Aqwa' that a man was eating with his left hand in the presence of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu said to him, eat with your right hand. The man said, I can't. The Prophet sallallahu said, you will not be able to. Nothing prevented this man from eating with his right hand except for arrogance. He had the ability to eat with his right hand, but he was being arrogant and combating the commandment of the Prophet Why did the Prophet command him to eat with his right hand? Because it is from the mannerisms in Al-Islam that the Muslim eats with his right hand and not with the left hand. As the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned in the narration of Jabir ibn Abdullah radiyallahu anhuma, لَا تَأْكُلُوا بِالشِّمَالِ فَإِنَّ الشَّيْطَانِ يَأْكُلْ بِالشِّمَالِ Do not eat with your left hand, for indeed the shaytan, the devil, he eats with his left hand. So in Islam, we are commanded to oppose shaytan. That which is known to be from the characteristics of the shaytan, we oppose it. Like in another narration, the Prophet ﷺ forbade walking in one shoe and then the other shoe, you don't have, in the other foot you have no shoe on. This is prohibited in Islam. Why? Because this is how the shaitan walks. With one shoe on and the other off. So the Prophet forbade that we walk in this manner because this is from the characteristics of the shaitan. So here the Prophet ﷺ is commanding the man to eat with his right hand so that he does not resemble the shaitan. So the man, he says in response, out of arrogance, I can't. And it's not that he didn't have the ability physically to do so, he didn't want to. So the Prophet ﷺ said, let's start. You will not be able to. He made dua against him for his arrogance and opposing the sunnah. So as mentioned, nothing prevented him except for arrogance and afterwards he was not able to raise his hand up to his mouth again. That was his punishment for opposing the commandment of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa now in the Quran, you do not find eat with your right hand and do not eat with your left hand because shaitan eats with his left hand. You will not find that mentioned specifically word for word in the Quran. It's not there. But yet, it's in the second revelation, the Sunnah. And this shows that those who say we don't have to 
follow the Sunnah, all we need is the Quran, then why was this man here punished by his hand becoming paralyzed for not following the commandment of the Prophet <coughs> In reality, every commandment of the Prophet Muhammad is in the Quran, generally speaking. Not word for word, but in a general sense, because Allah forbids that we oppose Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Allah Azza wa Jal, he mentions, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Let those who oppose his command, his command here means the Prophet Muhammad's command sallallahu let those who oppose his commandment beware that some trial or tribulation will befall them or a painful torment. It's a threat from Allah to those who oppose the commandment of Prophet Muhammad. So here, Allah he threatens with two matters. Either some fitna will take place or happen to you, or a painful torment. Fitna, like as an example in a person's religion. A person opposes the sunnah, he deviates in his religion now as a result of that. One cannot downplay the status of the sunnah in Islam. Because you have here Allah threatening that fitna will befall a person and in his deen and that's the worst type of trial that a person is put to trial in his religion you would rather lose your family you would rather lose your wealth your health than to lose your religion because the loss of wealth wealth can be acquired at another time in life it's possible People have been rich, become broke, and then get rich again. Likewise with health. People are healthy, they get sick, they get their health back. A man, he is married, the marriage doesn't work out, he marries again. These are worldly matters, dunyawi matters. So these are worldly matters. Worldly matters could be acquired again after losing them. And even if a person's family members die, the believers will be reunited with their family members in the hereafter. <coughs> but to lose your religion, to lose your deen, to die upon kufr, to die upon shirk, this is a serious affair because this not only affects you in this life, but it affects you in the hereafter. Or even if a person dies upon bid'ah, he's still within the fold of al-Islam, but he's upon innovation. He has exited from the realm of being from the people of the sunnah. That's a dangerous situation to be in in the hereafter. So Allah Azza wa Jal, he warns 
let those who oppose his command beware that some fitna will befall them. Oh, you see whom adabun alim, or a painful torment may happen to them, meaning like a calamity in the dunya. A terrible death or a terrible sickness happens to you. Person he gets killed in an evil fashion. Or person he loses everything in the dunya as a punishment for his opposition to the commandment of Prophet Muhammad. Like the man, his hand became paralyzed. He's not able to use his hand anymore to eat with because of his arrogance in opposing the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa When we speak about the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam what is referred to is that which Prophet Muhammad believed sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the things he said religiously his words his religious practice his actions the things he approved of from the religious affairs and that which he left off religiously for the sake of Allah Azzawajal. these five categories or these five things make up the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu the belief his statements his actions his approvals and the things that he left off seeking nearness to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Sometimes the word sunnah is used by scholars to refer to something that is not obligatory. But not every time the word sunnah is used that it means or refers to something not obligatory. So be careful. Rather that is the usage of the scholars of jurisprudence. The scholars of fiqh they say that something is the sunnah or something is sunnah what they mean by that is that the matter is something that is not obligatory and that it is something that is recommended however barakallahu fikum there are things in the sunnah that are obligatory and there are things in the sunnah that are recommended so one is not to unrestrictedly understand the terminology sunnah to always mean something that is not obligatory. It depends on the usage and who's using the word or the terminology. Also the term sunnah is used by some scholars to mean that which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said, he did, or he approved of. Other scholars, like the scholars of Hadith, when they say that something is the Sunnah, then they're speaking about that which has been narrated on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from speech, actions, approvals, 
even his physical appearance, his characteristics, uh, physical features, as well as his, his mannerisms. But when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he mentioned, من يعيش منكم بعدي فالسيارة اختلاف كثيرة فعليكم بسنتي وسنة الخلفاء الراشدين المهديين من بعدي عضوا عليها بالنواجذ وإياكم ومحدثات الأمور The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he mentioned Whoever from amongst you lives after my death He's going to see a lot of differing, a lot of disputes and differing amongst the Muslim Ummah. Therefore, upon you is following my Sunnah and the Sunnah of the rightly guided Khulafa. Bite on to it with your molati and be aware of the newly invented matters. Sunnah here is referring to the way of the Prophet his religious beliefs, his religious practices, the religious guidance that he left with the people so that they can remain upon the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we do not follow that in the times when the Muslims are differing, then we are subjected to be caught up in the fitna, in the differing. And as a result of that, go astray. Here the Prophet ﷺ gave us the remedy to protect us from falling into the differing and the disputes and the separation. He gave us the remedy so that we can remain upon the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala following his way in the way of the rightly guided khulafa who followed him. Allah Azza wa Jalla mentions in the Quran, "Qul, Atiyu Allah wa Rasul, Fa Intawallu Fa Inna Allah La Yuhibbu Al Kafirin." Say, obey Allah and obey the Messenger. And if they turn away, then indeed Allah He does not love the disbelievers. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu he called to worshiping Allah alone. If one is to turn away from that call, then he is from the disbelievers. If a person rejects the call of Prophet Muhammad to Al-Islam, he's a disbeliever. The Prophet sallallahu he mentioned, وَالَّذِي nafsi بِيَدِهِ لا يسمع بي من هذه الأمة يهودي ولا نصراني ثم يموت ولم يؤمن بالذي أرسلت به إلا دخل النار إلا كان من أصحاب النار كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم. The Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم he said I swear by the one whom my soul is in his hand meaning Allah. There's no one from this nation that hears about me, whether he is from the Yahud or from the Nasara. 
And then he dies not believing in that which I have been sitting with except that he will enter into the fire or he will be from the companions of the hellfire. So the one who knows that which Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he called to and the person turns away from the call of Prophet Muhammad. He rejects Islam. Indeed Allah, he does not love the disbelievers. Allah didn't mention himself here in relation to obedience. He says, obey, say obey Allah and end the messenger. You have to obey the messenger because Allah sent him to guide the people. And again, that which Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he called us to, called the people to, is salvation. The Prophet وسلم, is not calling the people to the hellfire, he's calling the people to the paradise. As the Prophet mentioned, Kullu ummati yad al jannah. All of my nation will enter into paradise. Illa man aba. Except for the one who refuses. Qalu ya Rasulullah. Man ya'ba. The Sahaba, they said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, who's going to refuse to enter into paradise? Everybody say they want to go to paradise. Right? Who's going to refuse to enter into paradise? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, Man ata'ani dakhal al-jannah wa man asani faqad aba. Whoever obeys me enters into paradise. But whoever disobeys me, he has refused. Disobeying the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is refusing to enter into paradise. Whether the person is refusing to enter into paradise with a permanent refusal or a temporary refusal, depending on the individual and the level of his disobedience. Allah Azza wa Jalla states, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ رَسُولِ إِلَّا لِيُطَعَ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ And we have not sent a messenger except to be obeyed by the permission of Allah. Every messenger that Allah sent to mankind, it was upon the people who that messenger was sent to, to obey the messenger. Because the messenger is speaking on behalf of Allah as it relates to what the people are commanded to do and what the people are commanded to stay away from. This is the messenger that Allah has sent to the people. So it was not for the people to pick and choose who they're going or what they're going to obey from the messenger. No, we have to obey the messenger in every single aspect. Because as Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, وَمَا يَنْتِكُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا And he doesn't speak from his desires. It is only revelation that is revealed to him. When the Prophet Muhammad was teaching the people Islam, this is revelation from Allah. This is not something that he himself made up for the people to follow. So one should never be arrogant 
and obstinate as it relates to the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad because it is revelation from Allah. And as Allah mentions, And whoever obeys the Messenger, then he has obeyed Allah. Another point, we must have mannerisms with the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah azawajal, he states, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la tuqaddimu bayna yadayillahi wa rasooli. All you who believe, do not put yourself forward before Allah and His Messenger. And fear Allah, indeed Allah is all hearing, all knowing. Don't put yourself before Allah and His Messenger means submit to the Quran and the Sunnah. And do not give precedence to your desires and your intellect over what Allah has legislated in the Quran and in the Sunnah. We are servants of Allah and we are the followers of His Messenger. Our duty and responsibility is to hear and obey and to follow. It is not for us to question what Allah Azawajal has revealed and to combat or argue with that which Allah Azawajal has revealed. Once we know that this is the commandment of Allah then we submit. Look at the story with the Prophet Ibrahim salam and Hajr. When he left her and Ismail in the valley in Mecca. And the provisions he left them with was few and would run out. But he left and then he turned away and walked away from Hajar and Ismail. And she's running behind him, saying, Ibrahim, Ibrahim, you leaving us here with few provisions in this valley and there's no one here, there's no water here, there's no civilization here. And he kept walking, he didn't turn around. And then she said, Allahu amaraka bihada. Did Allah command you with this? And Ibrahim salam, he said, nah. And look at her response. Even if Allah command, commanded you with this, Allah is not going to waste us. He's not going to leave us to waste and to ruin. So we, she submitted. Because it was the commandment of Allah azawajal. And this is an example for every believer. When you know that Amara is the commandment of Allah, whether it is in the Quran or the commandment has come from the tongue of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, our position is Sami'na wa ata'na. We hear, we obey. Do not be like the Yahud who said, Sami'na wa asayna. We hear but we disobey. We know what the word says, but we're not going to follow it. We're going to do our own thing. 
We're going to follow our desires or what we think is best. Don't put yourself before Allah and His Messenger. Because Allah knows best. Allah knows what's best for us. Take that off of the carpet, please. Allah He knows what's best for us. And afterwards, the Prophet He knows what's best for us as believers. But the problem is when the people put their intellect before the text. They put their intellect before the text, meaning they think that they know better. Allah says, do such and such. The Prophet says, do such and such. The person says, I'm going to do this because this is better for me. Every time the people, they do that, they find themselves in the end in a bad situation, even if it's after some time. There is no good in opposing what Allah has legislated for us to follow. Even if you experience and taste some enjoyment or delight in your act of disobedience, it will be short-lived. It will be short-lived. Allah He mentioned فَأَنْتَ نَزَّعْتُمْ وَبِفُورَ oh, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا عَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَعَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولَ وَأُولَى الْأَمْرِ مَنْكُمْ فَأَنْتَ نَزَّعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُضُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ All you who believe, obey Allah and obey the Messenger and those in authority from amongst you. And if you differ in anything, refer it back to Allah and the Messenger. Here Allah Azawajal commands us to obey Him. Obey Allah. And then He says, and obey the Messenger. And those in authority from among you. He doesn't say, and obey those in authority from amongst you. Why? Why the word obey is not repeated for those in authority? Rather it says, and those in authority amongst you. Instead of, and obey those in authority from amongst you. Yes. Say that again. Now, that's the point. Obedience to those in authority amongst us is not unrestricted. Obedience to those in authority is when it is obedience to Allah and the Messenger. As for obeying Allah, you have to obey Allah in all situations. And as for obeying the Messenger, Sallallahu said, you have to obey Him in all situations. And this is why you have the word, Allah wa Atiul Rasul. And you don't have that word being repeated for those, and it says, Wa umli amri minkum, and those in authority. And if you differ, and if you differ in anything, refer it back to who? Allah and the Messenger. It didn't say refer it back to those in authority. It says refer it back to Allah and the Messenger. Because referring it back to Allah and the Messenger is referring it back to that which is infallible. 
No mistakes. A person can make a mistake in his judgment. There's no mistakes in the Quran, there are no mistakes in the Sunnah. This is why we are commanded that when we differ amongst ourselves, we have to go back to that which there are no mistakes in. Maymun ibn Mihran stated, في قوله تعالى فإن تنزعتم في شيء فردوه إلى الله والرسول ما دام حيا ما دام حيا and if you differ in anything refer back to Allah and the Messenger as long as he is alive and if the Prophet ﷺ is alive you go back to him directly فإذا قبض فإلى سنته but when his life has been taken then you refer back to his sunnah. Waqi' He stated, إِلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ مَا دَامَ حَيًّا فَإِذَا قُبِضَ فَإِلَىٰ سُنَّتِهِ Waqi' He said, you refer back to the messenger himself, وسلم, as long as he's still alive. But once his soul has been taken, then you refer back to his sunnah. Afwan? We are the same. Our soul is the same. No, but some people say, we don't need the sunnah. We need the Quran. So referring back to the messenger himself, وسلم, is when he's alive. When he's alive. After Allah has taken his soul, that's it. We cannot refer back to him anymore. And this shows you the mistake of those who go to the grave of the Prophet Muhammad taking affairs to his grave and making dua to the Prophet. They don't do this anymore because how they have is blocked now. But before, when I made Hajj in 1999, People were sliding notes through the gate. They would take, right? O Messenger of Allah, my wife is trying to have a baby, we're trying to have a child, but my wife, she can't get pregnant. Please take this matter to Allah. Throw it inside. Now it's different because the gate is here, but then it's like a barrier, so you can't get. Alhamdulillah, that they put that there. People were on the gate, Ya Rasulullah, calling on the Messenger this No one from the Sahaba did this. When they had an issue, they go knock on the door, Aisha, can I have a moment with the Prophet Sallallahu please? Because we know the Prophet was buried in the house of Aisha. No one will come when they have an issue with their wife and say, Aisha, could we speak to the Messenger Sallallahu if this was something that was legislated, wallahi, the Sahaba would have been at the door of Aisha radiallahu anha referring back to him when he's in his grave. So clearly, referring back to the messenger himself means when he is alive. As for after his death, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then referring back to him means refer back to his sunnah, refer back to his teachings, refer back to the judgments that he passed, refer back to his behavior, his mannerisms, refer back to what he believed. This is what is intended by referring back to 
the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam after his death Sulaiman ibn Harb Qala sami'tu Hammad ibn Zayd yaqul Hurmatu ahadithi Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ka hurmati kitabillahi ta'ala Sulaiman ibn Harb Rahimahullah he stated I heard Hammad ibn Zayd Rahimahullah say That the sacredness Or the sanctity of the ahadith the narrations of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is similar to the sacredness of the Book of Allah Ta'ala. From what angle? Huh? From what angle? How is the narrations of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sacred like the Quran is sacred? How? Both revelation from Allah. Both revelation from that angle. They both have to be respected. They're both revelation from Allah. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He stated, Indeed, we reveal the revelation and indeed we will preserve it. Revelation here is not only talking about the Quran, revelation is the deen itself. Indeed, we reveal the revelation. The deen is based upon the revelation. And indeed, we will preserve it. So, just as the Quran is preserved and the rules and regulations of the Quran, they are preserved and the beliefs in the Quran are preserved. Likewise, the rules and regulation that are in Islam that come from the Sunnah, they are preserved. Except that there is a difference as it relates to hadith and ayat from the Quran because you have some hadith that are fabricated. You have some hadith that are weak and we cannot use them. However, that which is authentically reported on the Prophet wasallam, that which the Prophet actually did and he said, and he believed, that's preserved. And we must believe that that's preserved. Beware, beware of the Orientalists and those who have been negatively influenced by them, who try to cast doubts as it relates to the hadith. Even, yes, there are hadith that are weak. There are hadith that are fabricated. That doesn't mean all of them are no good. And alhamdulillah, Allah Azza wa Jal, He decreed that there is a, the science of hadith which is in place to distinguish between that which is authentically reported on the Prophet wasallam and that which is not authentically reported on the Prophet wasallam. Huh? It's time? Yes, inshallah. We will stop at this point. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Whatever is incorrect, it is for myself. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta staghfirukum wa tulmina.